Hi, Brendan here with just a quick reminder, if you haven't checked out our new season of Delta Green, Whispers of Lunabelle Island, hosted by Zane Gearing as Handler, starring all the cast you love from season one and introducing Scorpion, a mysterious but tough new ally with an unknown but definitely shady past. Be sure to check it out. Recording this season has me questioning my own sanity, and we're not even at the end yet. And as for where we're at in the story you're here for, the remaining party members have found their way to Fort Graverot, where they've located Groth, but no one seems to be able to spot Flint, and it seems like that's how he wants it. But he does gain some insight on the movements of Frostknuckle, this mysterious dwarf, Red Star, and possibly even where they're keeping the Legionnaire. A place called the Tannery. The dragon who visited has announced that whosoever turns Groth over to the so-called King of the Undead will rule Bronzehammer in the new world that's emerging from the chaos around us. And he was dumb enough to tell the others. What would anyone with half a brain do with that information? Let's find out today on the Reroll Gaming Podcast. Welcome back to the Reroll Gaming Thank you. Podcast. What your guys' preferred cup of coffee? If you go to order a coffee or a morning drink, what do you get? And I'm going to judge you thoroughly based on each each answer. Oh, let me start off then, because uh, you're going to judge me. Is it two liters most. of Actually, I, I bet you, I bet you. Is it I two liters guess. of Mountain Dew, right like now. you used to do, or did you finally get no. kick that habit? I bet you it is 24 ounces of dark roast, no cream, no sugar gas station <laughs> coffee. I bet, it has, I bet it's a caramel thing. Huh? I'm suspicious. None of those. No? Damn it. No. I drink a can of coffee from a mega corporation that I'm not oh. going to mention here. Does it rhyme with, does it rhyme with somehow star, Starbucks? <laughs> okay. No. It rhymes with schlongster. <laughs> I hate that. That's horrible. I don't know what that means. Rockstar? Monster? No, I drink, oh, okay. I drink monster, monster Java. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. You know what? When I'm working, I usually I will drink a monster juice mm. in the morning. Yeah. 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 All of my I, I don't like any monster drinks monsters. except for their their Java thing. It's it's basically just like a little bit of coffee and like enough heavy cream that it sort of tastes like a marshmallow. I drank one of those the... and I pooped seven times in a single day. <laughs> That's good. You're well opti you're optimizing your body for speed. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, you remember those like that Captain Crunch drink you used to get at the barista stand? Oh yeah. What was even in that? Like, was it just a bunch of different like weird fruit syrups or something? It was super weird, but I remember it was, it was like, oh yeah, this tastes like exactly like Captain Crunch. It was, yeah, it was like a lot of milk, and I would order them as like quadruple shot, twenty four right. ounce fucking things just to make them taste like coffee a little bit more. Um, yeah, I I don't know exactly what was in it, but it was pretty milky. Yeah, it really just, it tasted like Captain Crunch milk. Um, I don't know. I just walked over there one day, and that one barista was like, I, uh, I was like, I, I, don't, I don't exactly know what to get. Like, I don't really do coffee stands or whatever, but you're in my parking lot. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably start a coffee habit here. And she was like, well, let me make you this new drink I just learned. It's called a Captain Crunch. I was like, fuck it. That's what you're going to be having for the rest of your life for the next three years. Yeah, the only much. drink that I know how to make. 
I also want to clarify too. This was like a barista stand. We're in Washington, and they have like the bikini drive-through baristas ones where they're barely wearing any clothing, which is you know great. But like their coffee was actually legitimately really fucking good there too. It was, yeah. They sourced yeah. high quality shit. It's all well, their their mocha, <laughs> their mocha. I think they I figured it out. I think they put like a little bit of peanut butter like flavoring in it or something. It was always mm, so fucking good. Uh, that seems yeah. like yeah. a yeah. huge food allergy risk. Well, it's like <laughs> peanut sauce, like peanut butter sauce. So it probably doesn't actually have peanuts in it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Or no, maybe they killed dozens of that people. That is one of no my idea. go-to drinks. <laughs> maybe dozens of people were... peanut butter blended coffee. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. I yeah, to, I just do uh, I just do latte, plain latte, whole milk. I've done. I used to make a Snickers bar frap at work when I. That sounds pretty damn good. It was a barista, and it was. I really sometimes good. made you make a peanut butter chocolate banana frap for me. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, it was, Christ. it was actually pretty good too. It sounds tasty. This is getting out of control. Yeah. I am. Why uh, can't everybody just drink their coffee like I drink it? Just black. Why does coffee have to be pleasant? Why can't it be painful like my childhood? I do drink either black drip or a black Americano. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A good good drip is. Honestly, I like our coffee at home because we have our Kona coffee that we just brought back from Hawaii. And then I put a little honey in there and then a little coconut milk creamer. And it's really fucking good. Better. Like, it's like, it's good enough for me. It's pretty good. Yeah, on days that I'm actually working, I, I do physical, you know, manual labor, so I'm not going to chug down 16 ounces of hot milk in the morning, so I yep. usually just do the drip across the street, and their drip coffee is super fucking good. Every like light roast. Yeah, I have no Hell problem yeah. Ta- yeah. drinking black coffee. It's like, I think it's great. But... Mm. I have started <laughs> coming to the conclusion that if I buy a protein shake instead of a coffee in the morning, uh, I feel better at the end of the day. Oh, um, yeah, I'm sure. So I'm, I'm doing that every now and then, but about... One out of every two days, I'm still pretty fucking weak. I walk in there and I'm like, nah, caffeine, 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 caffeine. You can do both. I'm sure they make protein shakes with caffeine. You could really <laughs> shake your pants. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, I don't really drink a whole lot of coffee or get out of like, the chat room, please. Caffeinated sodas sometimes, but like not. That's why morning. we made you move to Texas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's awful. But also, I get to see the stars outside and it's like warm actually mm-hmm. some days. So that's, uh, Sorry, besties. Um, <laughs> it's okay. All I have to do is deal. It's with warm on. It's warm and nice and warm on the days that it's not butt fuckingly hot and like eighty thousand degrees. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, also, there's giant wasps. So you you give you win some, you lose some. Anyway, uh, <laughs> when I do drink coffee, a lot of the time it's like an americano with um, like a few pumps of caramel or vanilla in it, um, and then a little bit of cream. But I'm not. I used to really like super sweet stuff, and I just don't anymore. Um, but yeah, it's good. Also, Monster really... has an energy drink that has milk in it, but it's like an energy fizzy. Yeah, drink. I remember you saying that, and oh, I was God. really upset that I drank it and it was good. Um, but I threatened my coworker that gave it to me after. It's like, don't ever give How me an energy you. drink with milk again. <laughs> it's, yeah, it sounds like a recipe for disaster. It's like lime flavored. What the fuck? Yeah. This drink gets a weird. Sparkly lime milk. Get it looks more I hear like, about it. You like a lime like milk swamp monster? Water. Or you know, okay, you know, in Washington, where sometimes the design outside, like in big places, is that they're supposed to be a big glass bowl that catches a bunch of water and shit. You know that? And you ever yeah. see no. it like when it's really, really gross and green? All right. It's like that, but somebody added milk to it. And fish. So it's like milky, milky <laughs> pond water. Yeah, fermented pond water with milk in it. Mm-hmm. 
All that's right. kombucha. I'm back oh, in. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's kefir, actually. Yeah, kombucha. Yeah. Now that we're caffeinated up that for this uh, show. Speaking of milky substances, let's see what Flint's up to. The smell of milk lingers in the air of this crisp <laughs> morning in Kravnock. Flint, you are overlooking this camp below you. What is your plan? Yeah, Flint has uh, relocated slowly to avoid attracting attention, but kind of found a uh, part of the cliff that overhangs maybe part of the camp. Um, so he has some clearance, and he's just sitting there perched on a rock, smoking the milk gar, and just kind of like untying and retying the same knot over and over compulsively and um, on this length of rope. And he's just patiently waiting watching peeing a little bit every once in a while how long are you waiting as long as it takes what are you looking for <laughs> um basically he's uh got a place where he can set a pretty good anchor with this rope and um when there is an opening and whenever that may be whenever it's like some there's some you know, commotion going on that seems like it has the camp kind of like distracted or like attention's kind of like away from the spot that he's sitting. He's gonna he's gonna make his move and try to repel in. Okay, waiting 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 for any sort of event that would cause a distraction or commotion. Or just if it's a particularly quiet moment in a you know, any opening really. Okay. However that may present itself. Well I think after waiting just an hour or two this morning, watching your rope tied taut, knotted over and over again. You do hear something of a commotion. Groth, Kiaran, Star, and Bo. What are you doing? Okay, so I think Star and everybody, as we're walking, just kind of shaking off some jitters. She's like, Ugh. I still don't know if this is a good idea, but. Ah, by the gods, I hope it works. And she's, um, in one of her, holding Groth with one of her arms, or her pod hands, I guess. Um, and I would say Kiaran is probably on the other side of him, and I would think Bo would take up the back, just as sign of, sort of our little, uh, convoy heading up to the front gates. Yes, it better. I have totally forgotten. What is it your guys' It better go plan? well. Can I? Did you I don't not get to know, know it. Am, am I not cued in on this? Okay. <laughs> That's. I was like, did I completely delete something from my memory? Because this seems like it was discussed at some point. <laughs> Can I uh, make Flint roll a perception, Tan? Yeah. I mean, are you guys just walking up to the front gate? You'll see. Fuck My, you roll a perception. Really? We'll I mean, that's what you, you, that's what you just said. I mean, that's what you roll right some now. dice. Oh, okay. You should roll a fucking d20 <laughs> and tell me what it says. Uh, yeah, a little more rolling, a little less talking. Twenty-one. Groth's hands are behind his back. They appear bound. Uh, in response to what Star says, um, as the gate comes into view, Kiaran's just gonna be like, "It better work, otherwise, uh, I would be proved right." And I just kind of push Groth down onto the ground roughly, in uh, 
hopefully make him fall to his knees and just kind of stay there as Star approaches. To clarify, can Flint see this? From where he's at? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, the okay. gate is yeah, surrounded by quite a field of blanketed snow. Trees have been cut down there for quite a ways to make a clearing and no doubt use the lumber. Can we also clarify too, I think we may have done this last time, where exactly is Flint at this point on this map? Flint, you are on the east side of the camp. As you walk towards this gatehouse with closed double doors and fortified wood turrets, an archer eating an apple looks up at you and bounces from his relaxed position upwards and he says, Hey! Hey! Star will respond. <laughs> we want to speak to whoever's in charge. What? What? <laughs> I said fuck you! <laughs> Why? If I want to speak to the whoever's in charge, why the fuck would I tell you? <laughs> Go ahead and roll a I've diplomacy got intimidation or, or intimidation. I'm gonna do intimidation. Twenty-two. Okay. <clears throat> You're a little ways out, yelling across this open path. And he disappears behind the wall for a second. The come back out here, coward. <laughs> Face me. <laughs> Not until you start being nice. That's like, come on, I, I, I'm I, sorry. I'd like, to speak, I'd like to speak to your manager, please. Okay, wait, hold on. Where are you going? Come back here. I'm getting my manager, ma'am. Jesus. Do you not have a walkie-talkie on you, you fucking idiot? Okay. After a few minutes pass, the orc returns with a red-haired dwarf woman. A golden tiara across her head, draped in fine silken leathers. Or, I guess silken leathers doesn't really make sense. Draped in fine finely crafted leathers that shimmer this dark black and she looks out looks past you and she you see for a moment you make eye contact with this red haired dwarf she's a bit mature but she has a bronze skin and clearly cares greatly about her looks and she looks at you and she just shouts open the gates the wooden gates open and this dwarf walks out to meet you flanked by two orcs in her hand is a golden staff as they start moving out Karen will pull out her um, sword currently great sword um, and just hold it over Groth she approaches you pretty closely Star and I like to imagine if we're Viewing this scene from above like Flint is, there is Kiaran and Bo and Groth, and then a good amount of space between you, and an tense distance between you and this dwarf, and then more space between the orcs, almost paralleled. I think at this point, too, Flint's definitely noticed the commotion and just, like, sort of drops what he's doing and leans down, looking towards the front gate and just 
starts muttering under his breath. You bloody idiots, what are you doing? You're gonna get yourselves killed. You see Bo in the back, like, poofing up his chest and just being, like, macho man, like, walking. <laughs> Through your cleric robes. <laughs> so funny. That's the only thing Bo could to do. I'm picturing, like, Gale, almost. Yeah. Like, or, uh, just maybe Dweeby, Helsin, probably. Uh, yeah. Like, I picks Groth and says, don't try anything, scum. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Rickety Cricket from Always Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> but before he's all fucked up. The dwarf approaches you closer. says, Where did you acquire this half-giant? Does it really matter where I acquired him? I would think it matters more to you that I have him. A quick grin flashes across her face. Indeed it does. What do you want for it? Well, I want some of the glory. I want myself and my friends on a higher seat in Bronzehammer. And I want to go with you to turn him in. Because he is our catch. But I'll share with you. Give me a diplomacy check. At this point, <clears throat> to Flint kind of takes this is probably the best opportunity that he's going to get, and he's just checking his weapons and, like, cinching up his armor. Could I argue deception on this? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go deception instead. Okay. Are you being deceptive, Star? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you lying? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's going to be a natural 20 there for you with a total of 35. Oh. Wow. God so am damn. I? Do we really know? <laughs> Her quick grin turns into a more lingering permanent smile as she says, You've got a little fire under that fur of yours. I like you. Okay. And she turns around and walks back to the orcs, and she talks in a hushed motion, or a hushed tone to them, rather. You can give me a perception check to try and eavesdrop. Could we yeah, do, could like Bo and I from our distance, we can't hear him, but could we do like a perception to bot the language? See if it looks like it's going our way? Yeah. Yeah, sure. That's 30 for you. Rolling rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Got 25. Okay. Um, Kiaran looking at the body language. It seems relaxed. It seems like the deal is going very well. But Star, you hear a little bit more and the whispers maybe betray something you don't know where this red-headed dwarf turns to these orcs and is like, we need to get this half-giant to Frost Knuckle immediately. Do not spread this to the camp. Whatever you do, do not let them go to the priestess. Keep things quiet. And she turns back to you, and she's kind of smiling, and she's like, I believe you should meet somebody. Bring your query in with you. One last thing. 
We will be keeping the guard on him. Until we know. Well, until we get him where he's going. He is ours. We'll discuss this further in camp. And Star gives a nod and just accepts it at this point. Um, and she'll walk back to her group and uh, kind of give them like a look. And she will say, like, not quietly, but they're inviting us in. Let's be good house guests. And uh, I guess if there's any, I don't remember if Roth can do like telepathic stuff, but if no. he, okay. She. Well, never mind. Okay. Uh, yeah. It is what it is. Uh, I think they're far enough away where I can, like, talk to the group, though, really quick, right? Yeah. Or I is think, it risky? I think at this point, this is your last chance to talk to them without risk of even whispering somebody over here. Okay. So as she's, like, um, you know, picking up her bags and shit and getting everything going, um, under, kind of under her breath, she says... They want us to go directly to Frost Knuckle. They, t- they do not want him to meet the priestess. I'll try and follow your lead, but if I'm in the front, you'll have to figure out a way to tell me. Sounds like where we want to go. And then, uh... Just remember, Bronze Hammer is Frost Knuckles. Don't try to take that from him. Agreed. Kieran will kind of roughly pull Groth up and start pushing him towards the... And may our gods be with us. Indeed. <clears throat> um, as the scene plays out, and looks like it's gathering more and more eyes just from around the corners of the camp. Uh, Flint's gonna stand up, like maybe kind of stretch, crack his neck a little bit, and then twist the rope around. Like it's tied off around his waist. He's gonna twist it up around his back grab it with his hand wrapped in like a sturdy piece of leather and step off the ledge. Okay. And he's going in fast and hard. Trying to do this as quickly as possible. Okay. Fast and hard. It's the way Flint likes it. Mm. Through the back door. Flint's actually a pretty tender, generous lover. Likes to really let the milk smell linger. Really disgusting. That's how you know you're safe in Flint's arms. First it's sour, then it's sweet. Ew. (laughs) Then you. It's still sour when it's sweet, though. It's just always sour. Then it goes back. Then it gets really, really sour. (laughs) So you guys walk under the gatehouse and through it. Fort Grave Rot opens up. You see buildings of residence, barracks, things you would expect to see in a fort of this size. You see a small smithy. But mostly, the smell. The lingering smell has absolutely tenfolded in its potency and strength when you walked in the gates. The smell of the tannery and this dark black smoke that seems to come out of it. It's this lingering and I think Bo, you and Kiaran with your connection to the divine really feel the chill crawl up your neck as there is definite evil here. 
You can feel it. It's this lingering shadow in the corner of the camp. Behind you as you pass is what you identified as the inn, or the tavern, rather. But the doors are closed, and the two orcs that were accompanying... I think it's fair to say at this point you realize this is... Uh, what's her fucking name? This red-haired idiot. Fire? No. Red Star. Red Star. The two orcs leave Red Star's side and quickly begin barking and shouting orders to kind of usher other orcs away, but people see you and murmurs start whispering around the camp, particularly surrounding your prisoner, hearing the word half-giant, half-giant, half-giant. You walk through, past the tannery, and past the inn, to this very lavish tent. It's pretty familiar to you almost. It it represents a lot of, um, it's very similar in the build that Lord Remy's tent was, where it's almost a, a whole structure in itself, but ready to be moved in almost an instant. Atop of the tent is a great mammoth skull, a prize indicating that the hunter inside is not to be trifled with. And the flaps are closed shut. Two orcs stand guard there as well. Red Star gives them a nod of her head, and they part, and she turns back to you and she says, Now, darling, I can't quite let all of you in to see Frost Knuckle. You understand. He will want to see the prisoner, and one of you can accompany him. I will take him in to see him myself. Bo and I will My stand. Friends will stand as. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Bo and I will stay right outside. Good. The camp is yours if you wish to look around, but refrain from going in any of our establishments until we have Frost Knuckles' authority. Come now. Let's not keep him waiting. Star will kind of roughly shove Groth as much as she can. She hopes he reacts. <laughs> yeah, then Groth would just like try to make you look really strong. Yeah. yeah. She fucking it's flies like, across, like through the tent. Like a Dragon Ball Z, like, <laughs> As you enter Star. With Groth between you and Red Star behind you, you I'm realizing now how similar your name is to this NPC. <laughs> Red Star and regular Star. Red Star and White Star, kind of? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Inside, a crackling fire snaps and bites at the cold air, fighting the encroaching chill of the Kravnox. A lumbering orc leans over a large map, Smoke calmly rises from a pipe on the table beside him and a wolf curled up with his sister in a bed right next to the orc. In fact, take it to the map. Stars fighting the urge, not going like, oh my god, puppies! <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have you on this map yet. Give me two seconds. Start the clock. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. More than two. More than two. Four. Four it is. And just a... It's always fun. I never put you guys on these maps because I have no idea how many people or who is going where at any given moment. <laughs> just to clarify, uh, Kiaran was staying, like, as close to the tent as possible. Just kind of watching everyone around and probably trying to look intimidating to anyone looking her way. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I'm nursing to up a map, so... Um, also, we're, I don't we're, know. We're in the shit now, for sure. For sure, uh, I don't know if this is like something that we can retcon now because nothing has happened quite yet. Um, when we tied Groth up, did we like tie Groth up, or did we tie Groth up so that way he looks like he's really secure, but he could break the fuck out of that at any point? I so thought I that, that that's one. what he had said. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, I think we that. talked okay. off air about that, but yeah, he. It's a very loose tie. Yeah, it's like a it looks knot. like it looks it's super good. tight. Like, yeah, I right. can make it bite into my wrists and just mm -hmm. really be obviously tight, but then if I yeah. straighten my arms against each other and pull out, then... Okay, I just, I wanted to make yeah. sure that that was clarified before we were like, oh, we're in a fight, and now I have to get Groth out of his bonds before he can help me. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I just have to take one action to get out. That's what Tanner cool. said. Uh, okay. As you enter in, this orc stands up straight, his back cracking, his white fur cloak is draped on the ground and he turns around and looks at you the wolves behind you sniffing and snarling as they arise from their resting position well well what do we have here star gives a deep bow just say I think I've brought you something you've been looking for. And so fast. Didn't even know we were looking for him. Till last night. Well, dragons screeching into the open wood is not exactly a private conversation. I'm sure many heard it. At least any of the ones who could survive in this weather. A fair point. And he looks up at you, Groth, and he says, What the hell did you do to stir the fury of a dragon? Oh, it's a long story, man. And what is your asking price for this bounty? I understand that Bronze Hammer is under your control. I would like a seat, as well as two others for my friends. They don't have to be super high, but I would like to at least be somewhere in there. One has to get her own, after all. Go ahead and give me a deception check. <laughs> that was almost another natural 20. <laughs> uh, it's a 29, though. 29, okay, okay. You show prowess. You clearly can control yourself enough to take something so big alive. How exactly did you get this giant? Well, 
We were going after a dwarf, but he is quite slippery. I believe the two were friends, and we sort of just ended up in a good position to take him instead. I'm pretty good with traps and uh, poisons, but more paralytics. Interesting. And Star is obviously lying as fuck right now, so. But Groth's gonna help herself by saying, They leave you awake, Frost Knuckle. Stop your muscles, but they leave you awake. And Star will, like, kick him. Quite. Now, this dwarf you're after. What did he look like? Well, I only really had a description from the person we were trying to collect the bounty from. Uh, a little taller than a normal dwarf, um, and she will basically, like, roughly describe Flint. Hmm. Like, she's just playing it as she goes, because we didn't really discuss much, so. Okay. Little while ago, my firstborn left on a hunting trip. Somebody spotted a dwarf in these mountains. Got a wolf with him. Calls himself Wolf Tooth. Seen him? Well, I'd be lying if I said I didn't see any of your group. Some of them... I believe, had tried to hassle us, and you can't really blame us for, well, protecting ourselves. Although I do not think yours was one that we stumbled upon, but... I see. And the dwarf interrupts and she says, Darling, we really do not have time for this. Dwarf's right. I agree to your price. I will... When we turn this one over to Runehawks, I will make you powerful. You will be under me in the city. But until then, you're my guest. Now, give me a perception check, Star. Twenty-nine. He is withholding something. And there is an air of tension in this room between him, the dwarf, that is palpable. In fact, these winter wolves are pacing around. And you don't exactly know why, but something seems off. Star is going to be very bold here. Um... Forgive me, but it seems that there may be a piece of information I am not receiving. Now, I do understand I am new to you, but if we are all on the same team, might as well tell me before somebody else tries to buy me out with a better price. And she lays it in their hands. 
Give me, I would say, an intimidation check, I think. Or diplomacy. It's up to you. Natural 20. <laughs> Jesus wow. Christ. Just knocking it out. <laughs> I think your revelation doesn't come in the way of words, but rather in emotion. You see Frost Knuckles' heart skip a beat, and you smell fear. And he turns to Groth and he says, Now what exactly do they want you for? I know Rune Hawks is just a puppet of the prince and his new patron Zarox. What do they need from you? Why are you so important? It's not so much a need as uh, about the prince's right hand man. Half giant like me. Tall like me. He's, uh, I guess you could say he's a little bit bitter about how things ended between us. Star will laugh a little. <laughs> a lover scorned. Oh, you're delivering for us, Nuggle? <laughs> it's revenge. It's enough to get you a city. The person you're delivering it to is powerful enough, I guess. Star, I think of this moment, you notice that this dwarf is agitated, impatient, pacing along with the wolves. And she turns to Frostknuckle and says, I told you we don't have time. And she looks back at you, Star, and extends her hand a bit and says, please, darling, be a friend and leave us. Roll me a will save. Twenty-two. Twenty-two, you say. You <laughs> passed by one point. Ah, uh, my nerves... I'm so scared right now. <laughs> you are unaffected. Um, let me see if I'm playing this right. What did she try to do? Why don't you give me a Arcana check or occultism? Going occultism. Twenty-four. Uh, where Bo and I are, can we hear the conversation in the tent? No. It is a very purposefully thick tent. Uh, did you hear my roll? You said 24? Yeah. Okay. She just tried to charm you. Um. Now I'm actually going to give you a moment to think about what you want to do here, and we're going to Zoom out just a tiny little bit to Kiaran and Bo. Stand outside smoking. 
Kiaren, I believe you were trying to put on an intimidating presence. Mm -hmm. Okay. Give me an intimidation. Bo, what exactly are you doing at this moment? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what there really is to do. I guess just take in the Surrounding. layout of this camp and what's around and and if you know if a fight were to break out like what that would look for us look like for us okay give me a perception check um i think yarn like is sharpening her weapon and just glaring at people that pass by um okay. and she got a 29 excellent got a 30 excellent okay i did use a reroll because I have three of them, and I rolled bad, so... Okay, great. I think outside this tent, both of you notice the morale here is weak. Kiaren, you are sharpening with a whetstone this blade. And the orcs at the tent, who are acting as de facto guards of this place, are looking nervously at you. Uncertain of your strength, uncertain of your motivations. Give me a... You have a lore warfare, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, give me a lore warfare check. Meanwhile, Bo, scanning the surroundings here, outside of this tent, this is a tense encampment. And just like Kiarin, you notice the morale, f weak, fractured. In fact, fear is abundant. Yeah, there are certain orcs here who look strong and powerful, and maybe even some where you spot a brand. But most of them are uncertain, cowering. Uh, I used a reroll but I still only got a 16. Okay. With a 16, all I can say is that you notice it is strange for two men to be guarding the leader of this place to be so uncertain. Usually that would be for the best warriors. And then we're going to zoom out a little bit more. Flint. You are almost through scaling this cliffside, rope tied around your waist. It has been slick and treacherous. Give me, I'm gonna say an acrobatics or athletics. Actually, yeah, yeah, A acrobatics or athletics, I think. All right. Oh God, that was almost a one. Uh, 22, not great, but. I think there are moments where you slip, lose your footing, the rope catches you, but you bash against the side of the cliff wall. Oops. Just take three bludgeoning damage. <laughs> Just scrape yourself a little bit. But eventually you put boots on the crisp snow of the ground. You, if we go back to the map of the fort you are right outside where you suspect is the tannery okay um 
how long have have the rest of the party been like in the tent having this conversation at this point probably about 30 45 minutes okay so this is taking me a while to get down this wall this cliffside yeah okay um and uh, Flint's gonna, just like, to yeah. uh kind of reiterate here not reiterate but clear myself up a little bit 30 to 40 minutes from when they first entered through the gatehouse gotcha um Flint's gonna take a minute and uh, kind of when he hits the ground, he's gonna quickly dart towards the tan- the tannery for cover, provided that there's not like a bunch of people surrounding it. This place of labor and pungent odor is surprisingly unguarded. Okay. Um. The does the construction of this place allow me to see inside at all? Is there any windows or like cracks between slats and the walls? Give me a perception. 23. Interesting. I don't think you're able to get a peek in. However, there is a outdoor canopy before you go into the tannery itself. And there, just peeking around, you see stretched racks of skin. Some animal hide some human or dwarf yeah Flint just is trying to see if he can quickly put eyes on where maybe that legionnaire is if he's in there somewhere but he's not going to get too hung up on it without he doesn't want to go in if he doesn't have to without going in you cannot put eyes on anybody unfortunately okay um are there any like discarded like furs around or anything flint wants to find something that he can wrap around himself that smells a lot more like an orc potentially yeah i think you definitely can find something like that there's actually a pile of sort of unfinished rejected putrid furs that have this stench of recently tanned leather but also this noticeable orc stench on it okay yeah flint's gonna snatch one of those up drape it across his shoulders like a cloak and then start trying to make his way towards the tent where you guys are okay are you doing so stealthily yeah and i mean i think it's kind of again i feel like a dwarf walking around here in any regard would be would kind of stick out obviously so yeah definitely trying to do it quietly okay give me a stealth check I just imagine you a little like pile of fur just kind of scurrying around <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's not, that's fine. Smells like work. And it's just like this weird stinky yeah. pile. Of- well, most, mostly he's thinking about the dogs. Oh, the yeah, wolves, that's really, that's it. Okay. Smart. Um, yeah. Rolled two. So 17. 17. Interesting. So do it that way you will. I don't know if I get a little leniency because I thought of the stinky thing, but it's up to you. <laughs> You have a re-roll you want to use? I do not. I've used them all. Mm. Meanwhile, in Frost Knuckles' tent, Star, the sorcerer, has just tried to bewitch you. And you were able to identify exactly what she was doing. Uh, Star yeah, I think Groth. Oh. oh, go ahead. You go first. I was going to say, I think, I think Groth is going to um, give the sorceress like a wide-eyed look and go, oh, oh, and kind of like cower away from Star a little bit as if like 
Like, he's scared of her. And he's like, oh shit, oh shit, that might have been a bad idea. Okay. And Star will wipe a bit of an annoyed look off of her face and bring out a broad smile instead. Say, darling, you're already charming enough. You don't need to play little tricks on me. But, and Star will kind of walk a little closer to Groth, and she'll draw, um, like very quickly, she'll draw her dagger and put it to Groth's throat. If I'm not anything else, I can be quite crazy. If you don't want to let me in on your secrets, perhaps I shall just take both of us out, and then you'll have nothing. But, again, it's in your hands. I'm great for morale, if you're having an issue. Plenty of people liked me in the life I led before all of this. In fact, I have plenty of stories from being a traveling hero, but... I guess the crack in the sky changed to all of us. Some ways. And she's just making, like, direct eye contact with the door. Redstar, what the fuck are you doing? And the dwarf seems surprised, entirely unsure of your capability, your knowledge. Give me another perception check. Star is giving me a little goose bump. <laughs> goose, goose bump, Rooney bumps. Thirty. <laughs> I think with a 30, you get a vital piece of information just out of how you read Frost Knuckle and Red Star. When you drew your dagger and affixed it to Garoth's neck, they didn't flinch. They do not care if Garoth dies. Do with that what you will. Meanwhile. Ooh, actually. Uh, can we give someone else a reroll? No. <laughs> I'm fine with this. No, just because there it, the hero hero point system of Pathfinder is so um it, it's actually quite abundant that I think there should be, you know, having no rerolls is bad, having full rerolls is bad. Does that make sense? Doesn't encourage his player to self-balance their own microeconomy. That sounds smart. We'll go with that. <laughs> okay, give me two seconds to look at my. Start the clock. Yeah, give Done. me those little, those little um. My hourglasses. Yeah, the hourglasses that you have. I don't a have two a second two-second hourglass. Second <laughs> it's like fourteen <laughs> grains of sand. It's one big grain, but it takes a second to get down. Flint, you're moving through this encampment with this smelly, dirty fur draped over you, trying to avoid being out in the light as much as you can. Not the light, but the, the view of people. Trying to move stealthily, but quickly. And coming around the corner, 
of a big stone boulder that lies between the tannery and the main tent. A group of orcs are walking close to you, or close to your path, rather, interrupting, interposing themselves between the main tent and yourself. As they're staring at this redeemer, sharpening her massive greatsword. Accompanying them is a dire wolf. The wolf sniffs the air. Low growl hums out of its mouth and turns to you. Sniffs again and moves on. What are you doing? Flint's going to hold his position for a moment. Really for as long as it takes for there to be a clear path again. But this is definitely, this was definitely close and it slowed him down a little bit. Kiaren and Bo. Every moment that has passed since Star went into the tent is a moment of uncertainty. At this point, it's been 30, 40 minutes. What are you doing? Uh, I think Kiaren's doing her best to trust that Star's got it under control and assumes that if a fight breaks out that she would hear something. Um, I think Bo is trying to, to somehow like take a step further in trying to identify exactly why or how the morale is broken. Like in what way or Okay. I would like you to roll me an occultism check. On that note, too, um, do any of the guards nearby have, do we see, like, are they marked with any of the runes? Interesting. Give me a... You know what? Since that's so specific, I will give it to you. Um, these two guards are nearby... Do not have the runes. Okay. As you guys know the layout of, or sort of-ish, because we've talked about it, um, I don't know, not to, I guess just, I don't know, am I allowed to give a suggestion because I'm not out there? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Might not be a bad idea to see if you can get some of them to talk? Ask yeah, if that's there's kind of why I was wondering about the runes, because I was trying to something where do they ask, get their own to ask about them but well oh, they might know still but both figured trying to think that if it, everything went well we would have access to the rest of the camp freely so like he's just kind of waiting for the go-ahead because he's it would seem pretty clear like and also wanting to make sure that star and groth are figured have their shit figured out in there before moving any further you did specifically I, say that you have we have uh, freedom to walk around, just not really like going any critical buildings, right? Yeah, I was uh, thinking more along the lines of just asking the two that are standing out yeah. there. Oh, sure, yeah. I do think that Kiaren noticing that there's no runes is going to kind of glance over at one of them and be like, 
I've seen a few of your type with uh, some interesting runes. How come you seem to lack those? And in such a high position of guarding the main tent here. We're loyal to Frost Knuckle and to Frost Knuckle only. Oh, they're a sign of loyalty. To mm. someone else? To the rune of Zarox. Now, Bo, what did you get on your occultism check? I used another reroll because I suck at rolling, even though they're not real dice, because I'm using the little thing. But um, I got 29. Excellent. The sense of evil and of dread that you felt from the tannery is not something exclusive to you. Watching these orcs' patterns as they're moving through the encampment, particularly orcs that don't look accomplished or... or it seems like there's a, a very obvious hierarchy here. And the orcs that are drenched in this, this fear avoid both the tannery and the inn. And whatever is coming from these places must be um, what's the word I'm looking for? Whatever is coming from these places must be powerful and influential to keep this dread alive. Perhaps the orcs here are not the true power. Uh. Meanwhile, it's back inside Frost Knuckles' tent. Frost Knuckle lets out a bit of a sigh. <laughs> what is your name? Hmm. It's I mean, moon. we kind of already. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> sunshine, rainbows, and lollipops. <laughs> no, I, I think we already used our real name, so I'm... I did say Bo's name. <laughs> I know I was thinking that, like with Bo being like, "Oh, be cool!" Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I meant Bert. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Just forgot he's new here. Um. <laughs> okay. I go by Star. Star. You understand that this bounty you have brought will earn you a brand of Zarox, I assume. Um. Honestly, I can't say I know much about it. Zarox is the dragon? Or the dragon's leader? The dragon is but a peon in this plan. And he lifts up his sleeve and you see the rune on his forearm. This is the rune of Zarox. The Death Defier. 
Things are in motion now. Pieces are falling into place. Like it or not, this symbol is the symbol of the new world. Fear it or embrace it, it's coming. And this, this brand, gives you the power to defy death yourself. I will call upon the Drake in the morning. You may get the brand at the Skewer Dwarf. There lies a priestess, Beatrix. No doubt this offering will be enough, but she will take the giant from you. And you... And he looks at you, Groth. And there's... Give me a perception, actually. Uh-huh, that'd be a flaccid 20. He turns to you, Groth, and sinks a fist into your stomach. And it's... it's Well, let's see, actually. <laughs> it's pretty weak, actually. It hits you in in the stomach and your your arms are bound behind your back or in front of you? Yes, behind my back. Behind your back. He hits you in the stomach a little bit. You don't really reel from it. It doesn't hurt. I think I will deliberately like fold over a little bit where he hit make it feel a little stronger. As you do so, curling over, you feel something. He has hidden a dagger into your belt. Not stabbing you, but affixing it to you. And he looks at you and he says, whatever the hell you did to get yourself into this position, you're about to face those consequences. If there's nothing else, you may leave. Should, okay. Should I leave him here for now? Or shall I drag him around camp with me? You can leave him here. And he seems a bit surprised, especially given your reluctance to leave the Goliath earlier, but... He almost says that very quickly, too quickly. She says, as a token of my trusting, and she'll shoot a glare at the door, or like not really a glare, but like a, just a look. I will leave him here. I'm going to find something to drink and to eat, and then I'll be back. Thank you for your time. And she'll wander out just hoping that nothing goes fucking wrong. <laughs> the tent flap opens and Starlet walks out and this band of orcs with their wolf between Frost Knuckles' tent and you, Flint, scatters. You have an opening. You see Star, you see Kiaren, and you see Bo. But you'll have a week to think about what you want to do. 
Tune in next time to the Reroll Gaming Podcast. But first, reroll to Octavia. Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent work. Reroll yeah, to Brennan. Great improv. Because this was his whole idea. Mm-hmm. And he organized it all behind Zane's back. So good job, guys. <laughs> to what extent? Like, you guys weren't just talking about this before I got on or something? No, this has been like a week, probably. Hell yeah. yeah. A little bit. Thank you for listening to the Reroll Podcast. The world of Rel and all characters within are copyright and fictitious. Any similarities to persons, living or dead, or actual events are purely coincidental. Reroll Gaming uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy, we are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Reroll Gaming is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Want to follow us on social media, listen to another episode, or send us hate mail? Check out our link tree for all our info. You can find that link in the episode description. Big thanks to Tabletop Audio for producing quality RPG music and ambiance that we can use in our games. The reroll main theme and all character themes are copyright Zane Gehring. The Chronicles of Rail theme and Frequency theme are copyright Tanner Prentice. Please consider donating to our Patreon or Ko-fi if you liked our content. We are hell-bent on making more, and with your support, we can make a lot more. And leave us a review wherever you heard this episode. New episodes every Monday at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. See you then.